the Wadfam Chalk Pod. Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalk Pod. It's a big episode, guys. It's the um, last one, kind of. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're kind of drawing a conclusion on Blackard, which is kind of the most Odyssey Odyssey ever is. Yeah. Um, and I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. Still! Crazy <laughs> that we still have our own names after doing this for nearly two years. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, goodness. The places that I've been... <laughs> places this show has taken us we're making it sound like we're ending we're not even ending blackard but no 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 this episode is called the final conflict as we will definitely be talking about Mm -hmm. uh it was supposed to conclude the show yeah at which point we would not have a podcast yeah we would be done that would be it well like like this podcast would never exist if odyssey only lasted from 88 to 95 yeah no there's no way yeah. No. The only reason I got into it is because it was still being created. Mm-hmm. If it was just some dusty thing sitting on a shelf that all aired before I was alive... I still would have listened to it, but I, I definitely wouldn't have listened to it the same amount. I don't think I would have gotten roped in. I would be such a different person. Yeah. Maybe better? Probably worse. I don't... I can't really... I can't really speak for that. We've covered this show for two years, and it's still... Uh, yeah, I, I would have two years of, of my what life it's done back. to my life. <laughs> so, we'd definitely get these last two years back if I yeah. hadn't done this. But, you know, we're not having an existential crisis here. No, no not at all. This episode doesn't make me think about anything. No. No. Um, no. So, yeah. The episode is called The Final Conflict. I don't know if we've talked about that. Yep, but it the is. last one. Which is a... Uh, is a really interesting so um yeah i'm just gonna say this one off the top because i think it's a fun tidbit when they were plotting out these episodes they um they were talking about because it was supposed to be the end of the show and the final conflict uh was pulling from c.s lewis's the last battle mm-hmm. which is the same title yes the final conflict, the last battle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I had a That's great a realization of loose that. Parody. I I I was happy with like, oh, ah, yeah, I see. I see. You guys found a thesaurus. Yes. Well done. Good. You discovered it. Um and so uh yeah, it's episode 334. Mm-hmm. Um it is the final track on Darkness Before Dawn. Mm-hmm. It was written by Phil Lawler and Paul McCusker. Mm-hmm. Directed by Phil Lawler. Huh. And it... <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't have a slightly tainted uh, feeling towards Phil Lawler. I'm yeah, sorry. Me too. But, you know, it's whatever. Okay. Uh, we'll get into it. Um, we'll get and it. also, uh, this episode aired October 7th of 1995. Yeah, and this could have been it. I mean, the show's never going to end, right? No. Not until and not and, unless focus fo- runs out of money. That's what I was gonna say. Not until and that's focus not goes gonna happen. Bankrupt now. <laughs> they are doing quite well. What is their net worth? Uh, so the 2011 fiscal year reportings, as of Wikipedia, 95 million dollars. Wow. Okay, let's let's be fair. There's no way that they are still running that hot nine years later, eight years later. Because 2011, that was like, 
right around album 50, right? <laughs> well, but this is focused on the family as a whole. This isn't Adventures in Odyssey. Like, is there really a difference? Yes. What does Focus on the Family do other than Odyssey? What? Other than, like, Plugged In and stuff. I was gonna say, Plugged In, Clubhouse Magazine. Oh, we've been over this, yes. But also, like, you know, some real great lobbying and being in, in political takes and, you know, the things we love about, about, Conservative you know, media. Yeah. So, uh, um, do we have any cast members of note, new ones for this episode that you feel like covering? Uh, we, we only have one person we haven't talked about before, which is, uh, good, good, uh, friend and, uh, audio engineer, uh, Bob Luttrell mm-hmm. doing, uh, Mort Gunderson. Mm. <laughs> Who is our uh, our single episode appearance reporter working for uh, Odyssey 105? Yeah, and also we hear Odyssey's weather in this. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's a, it, it, and and of course it was like the quintessential. And it's another beautiful day in Odyssey today. Oh, okay. like aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's generic, Phil. Yeah. Um, Trickle Lake. <laughs> Forest, Forest Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just so nervous, man. This is the last episode, and I just don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> yeah, we're never talking about Odyssey again. No, but it feels like that, man. Yeah, it like, really like, does. Even with Novacom, there was always like the thing where it's like, oh, well, we're going to do another big arc. Right, we've got Blackguard. We've got Blackguard. Now that we're finishing up blackguard it's like i mean obviously we're not going to stop the show but this but, feels like i mean this is this is the finale of odyssey in a certain sense right at one point in a literal sense yeah um and so yeah i'm going to roll, roll, the, roll this, this final promo <laughs> we'll see how it does the end is near on the next adventure in odyssey Thanks to a deadly virus, Dr. Regis Blackard is poised to conquer Odyssey and then the world. Meanwhile, Jack and Jason gather their troops for the final conflict. Don't miss this collision course between good and evil next time on Adventures in Odyssey. They got the tone right. Yeah, and the music's real good, too. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like and some alien stuff right there. It like starts off with the end is near. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. also had a bit of a Tron vibe. But also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he name that. checks Collision Course, which is part two of Plan B. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Missing in action, Collision Course. And isn't there Plan B part three? Does that count? There, oh, there's three and four. I just don't remember yeah. what they're called, which is why I stalled out. <laughs> but, Yeah. yeah. So, uh... This is an episode. episode. I have feelings. And it doesn't even have wit in it. Like... Yeah. Oh, man. But, I mean, you gotta think about it. From their perspective, they had, you know, they had to come to grips with the fact that either they could end the show or they could get another wit. Right. Exactly. You and know. their their thought was... So, the thought was ending Odyssey, Adventures in Odyssey, the show... But they would start up another show, probably set in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would get a new name with maybe some carryover characters, probably mostly new stuff, but not like 
you know, it wouldn't just be another season of Adventures in Odyssey. Would it be still in Odyssey, presumably? Um, I forget. There's, I, I feel like there was a bunch of different ideas thrown around. Yeah. I have such a difficult relationship with spinoffs. Sometimes they're like amazing and they're exactly what I want. And, but most of the time they're so thoroughly disappointing. It's very hard. <laughs> and that one, like, for those of the chalk squad that don't know, I occasionally play basketball and I'm yes. not good at basketball, but I will take three point shots. And I will make one out of nine three-point shots. And that one that goes in makes me completely willing to take another eight misses. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel about spinoffs. The one good one is like, well, I mean, the spinoff could be good. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, they do. They do eventually. Uh, Last Chance Detectives as a spinoff. Also, Passages, I can't explain why Passages I is kind that. of a failure of a spinoff. Yeah. Kidsboro is kind of a failure of a spinoff. Last Chance Detectives, a failure of, of a spinoff. Spin like yeah. Odyssey hasn't. But also, I feel like in addition to those not really working or being successful, they also didn't commit real hard to them. No, because I think they could just as easily put out another. They could put out a full Kidsboro album. I feel like now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I I honestly I wish that the I wish that the club was a spin-off show. Yeah. Yeah, no, that would be much better. I I've of my uh dipping my toes into the social media universe surrounding Adventures and Odyssey, there's been a lot of negative feedback regarding uh club exclusive episodes and it just being like this doesn't feel like Odyssey if not everybody gets to hear the same stuff. Yeah. And um yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, right. I think that maybe yeah. just keeping stuff, even if it's just main characters focused, and then like tangential, like for the OA club, like yeah, and like from what I, from my impression of the club, they have been able to do some of that where there are like there are characters that exist only in the club episodes yeah. even though they interact with characters from the regular episodes it's just like but they only exist there and likewise characters from the regular episodes who never show up in club episodes so like they're kind of sort of doing it but like i almost wish that it was just hey we completely spun this off mm -hmm. and you know this is like set it at the wits end in connellsville and mm -hmm. give me all new characters there for a while like for all we know, the Witsend in Connellsville still exists. Yeah, I don't think it's ever been written out of the show, to my understanding. No, that that is my impression as well. So it's like, you could do something like that. That's and a then perfect like, spinoff. Why has that not right, focused exactly. on the family? And you owe me money. The great, thing, the great thing about that spinoff is it's then like, if that, like, because they're doing it, if they do it on the club, and that garners enough force behind it, they then also have a plan for when regular Odyssey is no longer viable. Mm -hmm. When we lose, you know, Katie Lee or Will Ryan mm -hmm. or someone else who is so core to the center of Odyssey. How old are both those actors? I think, <sighs> I mean, they're, they're not young. No, they're not. I, yeah. The last thing I want to do is be, is be like, yeah, they're, they're on their way out. 
because like i hope they live forever but like eventually that's going to like i it's an interesting conundrum of like is that what breaks is that what breaks odyssey Mm -hmm. um but i also feel like well you know they might just get written off and sent to different places connie gets married and moves moves out of town eugene and katrina decide to go back to you know the jungles of africa like whatever like they could they could pivot it in a way that eugene's 80 yeah uh um connie's 61 okay connie's much yeah so katie lee's still got still got that's what i want but that's what i want i want a spinoff where connie becomes the wit of the next thing and she takes over yeah wits end connie'sville i hate that but you're it's great uh t-shirt <laughs> no i don't know what that t-shirt would look like but but yeah i do yeah honestly if Connie can become the new wit i'm down with that as well but also like yeah is that too progressive for focus I, on the family to go probably with? dude if you have to ask the question the answer is yes that's fair. like i mean yeah Odyssey. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they would. Maybe Odyssey has occasionally surprised me. We yeah. talked about that in in um, one bad apple, color. and pink is not my color. A throwback. Um, but but yeah, it is also like McCusker and Lawler have got to be getting up there too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, they must be ancient. <laughs> so like, so there's also that factor of like, mm-hmm. you know, how do like once the initial creative force is gone, how, yeah. how how do we manage? Not well, presumably. Paul McCusker. Oh, what? He's sixty-one. He's Connie's age. Oh, okay. Good. Good. They just always look gray. Yeah. But a silver fox, perhaps. Anyway, we should probably start covering the episode. Yeah, you know, I... <laughs> We've been stalling because, yeah. as we mentioned, we are scared. Yeah. If so, that... basically, the episode comes in. There's no real intro. There's just music. Well, no, we get the And Now Adventures yeah, of Odyssey. Yeah. The classic Chris Fiveward. Yeah. Um, and we basically get Jason catching up Jack on everything. So, the episode ended last week um, with kind of jason coming to terms with the fact that he was going to have to be completely honest with jack and tell him everything and so this episode kind of picks up with that talking about the ta418 stuff talking about really just the whole blackguard saga recap and also all of his stuff with being a secret agent so he explains like he you know worked for his work for the nsa most of his life with was more of a consultant he was never actually on the payroll yeah um which was a nice clarification mm-hmm. um and so was he ever an nsa agent or was he just somebody that was a consultant that he was never on the payroll so yeah. no yeah. he was not okay but asked and answered yeah, yeah yeah um and then yeah and then jack's kind of like well how does blackard fit into all, all this and jason's like well we thought he was a secret agent but like best i can figure he's a megalomaniac who just wants power and money and jack's like well how does that factor into what's happening now and jason's like well this mineral combined it is that's below its end is like a catalyst slash trigger for ta418 mm-hmm. which then goes 
um, goes into the formula with Ruku, which creates Rukita, but they don't ever say Rukita in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that, you know, that the, the, the TA-418, enhanced by the mineral at wit's end, attaches to the DNA of the Ruku virus and mm-hmm. causes it to be able to adapt to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's Blackard's power play. Yeah. It's like, hey, I have a super virus that I can, like, just murder everyone with and i'm gonna use that to have a ton of power and control over everything because i've sold my soul to satan right right we'll get into it yeah i forgot about that part we'll get into it we'll get um, into it anyway um, so, so so yeah he then he then goes on to talk about um stuff that we kind of covered in the last episode but it's more like it's laid out more clearly here which mm-hmm. is the israelites are stationed around wit's end eugene and bernard are on the maintenance road mm-hmm. um and then also brings up that shaw comes in and is like okay i called the nsa your story tre- checks out i will fully cooperate with you but you gotta fill me in so, to set the scene here, we've established that we have probably 10 middle schoolers hidden. I mean, later in the episode, it sounds like hundreds. hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm... It's like I Riders of Rohan. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> there's an indefinite amount. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not like orc numbers, but it's way more than you want to count. Yes, exactly. There's just so many voices in that one scene, and it sounds just like an ab- absolute swarm yes. of them. <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah, no. We can get into the militarization of children later, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> when I mean, that I've... becomes a thing. But that's been some, that, that is a thing for this whole episode for me, where it's just like... You mean this whole series? Well, this whole series, but specifically this episode, because you see them in action, where it's like, okay, so they've got walkie-talkies... They're basically playing Daniel Boone in the woods surrounding a ice cream shop and Discovery Emporium with hopes of shutting down a literal international terrorist with uh-huh. biological warfare. Uh-huh. And, and they, explosives. And they are armed with presumably soft scrub and walkie-talkies. And, very importantly, uh, biblical robes. Yep, biblical robes. <laughs> Um, cast of Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Watched that one last night. Um, and so, uh, and so we then, we then go out, um, to the first commercial break, come back and it's, uh, it's Mark Gunderson with, mm-hmm. uh, from Odyssey 105, mm-hmm. uh, who is a brand new invention for this episode. Uh, as well as I think Odyssey 105 being new. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like. Start the is, Chronicle. You have a radio station that is, like, that specific to your town? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, uh... Yeah, that is strange. I mean, I guess I... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I, saying it doesn't happen. I was but I'm, say, yeah. But, like, the number of news outlets in Odyssey that are mm-hmm. Odyssey-specific. Like, that is the that is the wiki article I want more than anything, is someone consolidating all of the news nonsense yeah. throughout odyssey well isn't into it the thing place? where there's like where you have like you know sublets of major networks and stuff so it's like like there's a local broadcaster talking about the news on you know the local t- 
top 40 station or whatever and then it cuts to like the main guy in new york city having an interview with like ariana grande yeah absolutely but like that's not a person from a town that's fair (laughs) they're always regional yeah like yeah that that is this is a literal town Town. a small town (laughs) yes if it was like campbell county yeah like maybe but like i've even like i don't even hear like county specific news it's usually region like kind of the tri-county area yeah sort of deal that general swath of the state yes um oh so the thing that we didn't really talk about um was that he also told jack that everything that was been happening politically with the recall was all just so blackard could get power and get control over the mineral and so at this point where it seems like his mission is accomplished it's now the falling action for blackard and this is kind of when jason steps up so my frustration with this episode begins okay it's somehow anticlimactic interesting so because they try and cover everything because they have to tie up so much in one episode yes i feel like it wasn't as satisfying as the ending for novacom i think that this has been a much more enjoyable build but i think that the ending of novacom was way more satisfying yeah i could i could get behind that argument although i think it is worth mentioning the fact that black like novacom took place over like we we've talked about this before novacom took place over like three really condensed albums basically with like not much time off right and so they had a lot more continuity and building it up and therefore had more luxury to kind of unwind it right but all of it coming together in this episode it yeah it felt kind of uh, anticlimactic in a certain sense. But it was excellent. I can't say anything negative about this episode. Well, that's not true. But <laughs> I uh, like I can't say that I don't like this episode. But especially thinking about it now within the context of then, you know, covering Novacom in a similar fashion. I was kind of disappointed in how it all ended up working out because the, uh, the NSA kind of comes in and does all the work for them. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't know that I really feel that. Okay, so they didn't do all the work for them, but it was basically like the NSA shows up and then we're winning. That was the vibe that I got from it. And that's what I was kind of like, eh. I think, I think the point is that unlike Novacom, where Novacom is resolved by all of their plans being thwarted. Mm Mm-hmm. This series is resolved, like, the the crux of of the Blackard Chronicles is Jack and Blackard's conversation in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh man, like, we, like, stopped the baddies. Yeah, yeah, and that's fair. And I suppose being thoroughly disappointed by that conversation, I was uh, a bit more pessimistic about the episode. Yeah, right. Oh, so so yes, so so Mark Anderson's talking on the uh, on Odyssey one hundred five mm-hmm. uh, about uh, Blackard's condition, saying that yep. he is stable but weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we pan out to 
Eugene having listened to that in a car that he and Bernard are in. Um, a Tercel, perhaps? Who knows? <laughs> that is the only car in Odyssey confirmed. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So Eugene's, Eugene then goes, there's something rotten in the state of Denmark, to quote Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, buddy. We, we get it. We get it. You're smart. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. But he, like, goes through. He's like, on page 10, verse 11, it mm-hmm. is, you know, Shakespeare says, duh, 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 yeah. Duh. yeah, as I am Eugene and smart. And no subparagraphs because right. IQ. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Bernard shows back up in the van mm-hmm. and asks for a breath mint, having canvassed the area and found Barvel's van. He siphoned the gas with his mouth. He did. That that isn't revealed in this moment. But he siphoned the gas with his mouth. <laughs> I mean, you always start a siphon. Well, okay, you don't always, but you usually start a siphon with, with your mouth. mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just stick a tube down the tank. Mm-hmm. And you start sucking. Yep. And then it comes through. Yep. It keeps going because of how water works. Yeah. Pressure Liquid. and such. Yeah. And so we then we then jump to the Israelites. Uh, Billy Billy was, is talking with. We hear Billy like reference Bernard mm-hmm. on across the radio. Bernard's code name is Window Washer. Yep, poor guy. No, it's great. Wow. I love it. It's a good code name. It doesn't hide much, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, Sam, Sam's going to to leave because he's getting tired. But then Jellyfish shows up, mm-hmm. followed by Rodney Rathbun. Rathbun. He's like, yeah, you're gonna give me their laptop. Well, because okay. Perfect expositional dialogue moment, right? Jellyfits does the classic villain thing where he Jelly sits. Fits. Jellyfits. Jellyfish sits down and announces exactly what he's going to do with what he's going to do, and then Rodney comes in and stops him. He's like, uh-huh, now for a little journaling or whatever he says. Yep. Um, and then Rodney comes in, he's like, No, you're gonna give me uh no, you're gonna give me the laptop and, and jellyfish. Hey, that that's not even happening yet. What? That's not even happening yet? Nope. Frick. We have like a we have a real quick cutaway. Oh. What's it's basically the cutaway like to? they're going into the tunnel and then like that's where that scene ends is just them viewing it and saying, Alright, we're gonna move mm-hmm. in. And then we jump to a doctor arguing with Blackard mm-hmm. about the um about like vague medical stuff. Mm-hmm. And like he's not a he's not it listed it all on the credits on the wiki. So it's not Bovril. No. Oh, it's not Bovril because he constantly calls him doctor, not mm-hmm. professor. Mm-hmm. And he sounds weirdly like Glossman. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I was like, is this like, is this our boy Paul McCusker trying to do a voice? Yeah. He must be or something or yeah, just speaking quieter perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, it, it's really bizarre. Um, but we don't know who that is. Yep. Um, and so then, then um, Glossman comes in and explains the plan. We're like, there, there are reporters waiting in the lobby. So mm-hmm. Black is going to go down to talk to them. And then they'll get him to go out the back mm-hmm. uh, where Bavro will be with the van. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the scene you were talking about. In which we get the showdown, the final showdown between Jellyfish and Rodney. In which Rodney's like, no, you're going to give me that because like I, I want it. He's like, oh yeah, you and what army? 
and then a swarm. Well, first Billy and Sam show up. Okay, that's fine. Billy and Sam show up. And 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 Jellyfish tries to pull a blackguard where he's yeah. like he's like, How are you gonna pin this on me? It's just your word against mine. And they're like, That would be the case, but Maxwell is alive. And he's yeah. like, Oh no, Maxwell's alive, I'm screwed, throws his laptop, which Sam catches. Yeah. The, he does the villain thing of like, here, incredibly valuable thing. Take this as a distraction so right. I can leave. Yep, and he's running out the tunnel when a hundred Israelites surround him. I'm imagining, like, a tidal wave of ants, presumably. Just, like, you ever seen that, like, ants just swarm something? And yeah, just of course. I've watched amount. The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Exactly. So, that's what's happening here. Clearly. Absolutely. Just, I'm talking 50 to 100 middle schoolers grabbing on, like, a bunch of monkeys, just dragging him to the ground. And him being so defeated, he just goes, no! Yep. 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 And that's how Jellyfish... Then we leave that scene. Yeah, that's how Jellyfish gets his just desserts, being swallowed whole by an army of middle schoolers. Yeah. Yep. Which, I assume for budget reasons, does not include Connie or Lucy. No, no, um, no. Our two female members of the Israelites. And the only two members of the Israelites that we know of outside of Billy and Sam. Yeah, no. No, this is... These are the uh, uh, expendable crewmen, as it were. Yeah. The expendable middle schoolers. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. No, it's great. I don't know what you're talking about. So Nobody's so we go back to the hospital here. now. Mm-hmm. It's this press conference, and Blackard reveals that due to his health and the advice of his doctor, he is dropping out of the mayoral race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically, he can't continue, and then he goes into the back, and... He leaves with... He and Glossman walk out together. Yeah, He yeah, leaves yeah. with Bavril. Glossman stays behind and gets cornered by Bart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, Glossman is getting ready to go back out there. So he goes over the plan with Blackard, and Glossman's getting ready to go out and address the press because basically this is going to be how he takes power in Odyssey. He's going to fill the shoes of Tom Riley because Blackard makes the statement like, the re-election should still go on. You guys still deserve a good person. So um, Max, not Maxwell, uh, Glossman is in prime position to take over. And then Bart is like, Hey, so, like, you know, he didn't endorse me for mayor. The whole point of letting him mess up my shop was so that he would endorse me for mayor. And, uh, and Glossman basically is like, nope. No, it's nope. not even your shop. Remember that? Yeah, that's Get out of here, he Bart. gaslights him. Yep. He gaslights the, the shenanigans yep. out of him. Yes. And, uh, and then, uh... It, it we hear him kind of like mumble about ah, you're not gonna double cross me mm-hmm. and then it seems like we, we would cut away to something else and mm-hmm. come back but i don't know if there's a deleted scene here or what mm-hmm. but we just jump right back in to now they're at the press conference and bart is, is yeah. doing what he said yeah like it's not like uh oh like i'll get you at some point in the future it's like no, i'll right get now. you we can now go to the scene where i get you I'm yeah. like that's just a weird call so okay so the way this plays out in my head right which is actually kind of cinematically beautiful they're behind a curtain for some reason or in, in they're in a back room they're in the, the green room right right they have this conversation glossman steps out starts answering f- questions from the press bart works his way out the back 
goes all the way around to the very back of the crowd. Right. Oh, yeah, he's definitely in the back of the crowd. And then, in that walk, mustered up the courage to just completely go at Glossman. And basically just be like, oh, yeah, you're a fraud. Everything you did was wrong and illegal, and these people don't know anything, and you've been working with it, and you destroyed my store, and you're... You're tied to everything bad. Yeah. So, like, before that, Glossman does, like, start off his press conference and basically is like, you know, someone throws out, like, oh, are you going to run for mayor? And he kind of plays it down, like, no, that's not something I'm going to do. Um, and Even then, though it sounds exactly like something he was going to do. Right. And then he brings up the wit's ends, going to continue to stay closed. And then Bart yells from the back in yeah. my notes, because, of course, we understand the placement of people in this show because it is so well designed. Um, and, and he's like, uh, why would you hire thugs to vandalize the electric palace? Yeah. Yeah, why you, why don't you tell them about the time you hired hug, or thugs to vandalize the electric palace? And Glossman, honestly, Glossman does a really good job of not, like, like being like, oh, this is preposterous. Like, what are you saying? Right. And slowly, the crowd is like, wait a minute, what? And then Bart keeps talking. And Glossman's still doing a good job of maintaining control of the situation. Mm-hmm. He tries to redirect it back to Dale Jacobs' question. Is like, no, like, this is, you know, let's... Right, let's 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 jump to someone, like, serious. reliable. Yeah. Um, oh, he, yeah, so he talks about him conspiring with Blackard to get Tom Riley kicked out, mm-hmm. um, and then, and then he's like, all right, let's, let's leave this line of question. You guys all know Bart, he's deranged, like, let's, mm-hmm. let's talk to someone sensible. And Dale Jacobs is like, uh, I just received word that a man called Jellyfish is in custody and that you and Blackard have been implicated. And Glossman's like, up, oh, yep, yep, yeah, all further questions are gonna have to be for my legal counsel. Yep, Bye, guys. Yep, yep, and time to go. He just completely folds and just. Poof. But in the in the perfect way. He's, yeah, he's so good. He stammers and he's like, uh because it's the thing that they do really good is he does the thing that politicians do where they deny it completely until they admit everything. And when he right. comes to the moment where he knows he's going to have to admit everything, he's like, I'm just not going to talk. It's time for me to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that is that is his final appearance in this episode and basically in adventures and odyssey does he come back at any point does he come back in black of revenge no 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 he he does he does show up on album 50 um Mm -hmm. but i but that is that is it he's got one more episode after this interesting Um, i'm actually kind of intrigued to see what he does in that episode yeah just him dying (laughs) i i don't know but i mean the thing is like he's always on the table as someone they can pull back because Mm -hmm. he's voiced by paul mccusker yeah but but like the reason it was interesting listening to to an interview or like a conversation between Mm -hmm. mccusker and lawler about this stuff that's on the aio club and i would recommend to people if they're if they uh want to listen to that and are already subscribed um but he, because was just talking about, like, how frustrated he was being cast as Glossman, mm-hmm. um, which we've talked about a little bit in the past. Like, he is phenomenal at it, but he is so bothered because he was just like, I was initially just pulled in to do a scratch track for mm-hmm. it, and then they kind of blindsided me and ended up, like, 
making him a like, main character. Well, they, they, so he was just supposed to do the scratch crack, and they were going to have someone else come in and actually record the episode audio. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up using him in the episode audio. That's in Recollections, mm-hmm. where he's just Mr. Glossman. And so as Retribution, he and Chuck Bolte named the character Philip after Phil Waller. <laughs> wow. While, while Phil was away. <laughs> They were like, well, you're going to force me into being this character who's like a big player in Odyssey. Then uh, I'm naming him Uh, Philip. Yeah. (laughs) And so like, I I genuinely feel like McCusk, listening to that that conversation, McCusker's problem is not necessarily that like he's like he doesn't think he's a good, it's a good performance or whatnot, but he's basically just like, I only have the one voice. Yeah. Like, I don't do voices. So I'm playing it, like, smarmier, but it's still me. And I just, like, you get the feeling that he just doesn't like the fact that his voice is forever tied to this villain. (laughs) This incredibly, like, very real-to-life, sinister, entrenched bureaucrat villain. So well-written and so non like unredeemed mm-hmm. and that will be forever anytime paul mccusker talks listeners will go glossman <laughs> wait it's just philip glossman yeah. and so like it's and i think i honestly like i don't i don't know that that's entirely the case like i don't think when he does like his hi i'm paul mccusker executive producer of adventures and odyssey yeah, that he think... sounds that glossman no um but his normal speaking voice is very much Glossman, and I think, yeah, it does. I understand from like a control perspective, having that tied to you forever could be annoying, but mm-hmm. also, it's so good. Yeah, and I, I do, I do like the the kind of humor of like, oh yes, this unredeemed character is voiced by the executive producer <laughs> of this show, like one of the driving forces behind it for all these years. Yeah. Um, that's so whereas like Phil Lawler gets to play like Dale Jacobs, a yeah. respectable person. Yeah. And <laughs> only sometimes. Right. Whereas yeah, McCusker is just forever locked into mm-hmm. locked into this this character and it's his only re recurring character. Mm-hmm. Like he has, he has other people that he does in an episode here and there. But like his one, his one ongoing character is good friend of the show, Philip Glossman. Gotta love him, Phil Lawler Glossman. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but guy. that's a wrap on Glossman, and yeah. I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, I know he's such a good bad guy. I mean, yeah, ugh, I. As much as it would be kind of gross for them to bring him back, I would absolutely <laughs> love to. Yeah. Hey, I mean, there's the 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 problem now is like you can't like basically none of New Odyssey references stuff before album 50. Like and definitely not before like album 30 because yeah. it's just like you're asking too much for continuity's sake. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Doesn't doesn't it's not a show that holds great continuity. Although, like I'm sure yeah. there have been times though. Yeah, we've talked yeah, about it. They on the do. Show. There's uh there's a point in apparently there's a point in uh the ties that bind where uh, Maxwell is referenced. So like they do they do yeah. occasionally dip into that well. Yeah. So at this point, has Jellyfish started working with the police yet? Have we gotten that scene yet? Right. So so that that is that is our our next 
our next scene yeah. is jellyfish kind of being like okay so i gave you guys all this information it's it's jellyfish is it jason and the nsa agent yes okay and and so yeah he's like and actually i think jack might be there as well mm-hmm. but but yeah so he mentions like you know uh get like trying to get a reduced sentence for cooperating which is how Dell jacobs kind of got that that scoop mm-hmm. um they also discuss the fact that the um or i just i like all of jellyfish's writings are on like he does have on the laptop which yeah. is a, a weird kind of hole that i'm having a trouble tracking with they just copied it instead of taking it what are you saying what? are you are you having issues with the fact that there's data on the computer that they already took i'm talking about like last episode they used the infrared and they got only bovril stuff oh so was that did they accidentally grab info from the wrong computer or did jellyfish actually like did jellyfish back up his files to a floppy disk like he had initially like they were initially pitching to him but he didn't want to do that because he was afraid that like then blackard would see the stuff Mm mm-hmm and we didn't really get that resolved, but I thought, like, the resolution was his stuff was just overwritten by mm. Bovril's. No, I just then, presumed he just did a slide thing with a floppy disk. Yeah, yeah, I guess, and I guess that's it. Or we're to, to assume that last episode they truly did mix things up and mm-hmm. have and get Bovril's laptop instead of Jellyfish's. Yeah, which um, would make sense because presumably they're the exact same laptop. Yeah, I, I, that was not the, like, my impression was always, like, Bovril's was, like, a computer, mm-hmm. and Jellyfish just had the laptop, but, yeah, it's not super clear, and it doesn't really matter, but it was, yeah. It was a thing. It was um, a thing. And then, uh... Yeah, so basically, he's, like, the whole, the whole juxta is this, is that Jellyfish is working with the NSA to bring down Blackard so he gets a reduced prison sentence. Well, so, so, but they bring up the fact that the hospital security yeah. has Glossman and Bart in custody. Yeah. Um, and that uh, Shaw is go- is stationing people mm-hmm. around Wit's End. But this is when Jellyfish reveals, like, oh, like, be careful. Blackard's planning to blow up the tunnel. Mm-hmm. And then they realize that Jack isn't in the police station anymore. Yeah. Well, they also basically call out the fact that uh, Bart basically help take down Glossman even though he's going to go down with him. Yes. Yes, which is very funny. It's it's hilarious and it's also like this is probably peak Rathbone in the sense that like this is the most <laughs> of a redemption story that these guys get is just basically taking down the bad guys but also going down with them but also uh thinking that somehow they're going to be exempt from it when they're definitely not going to be. Yeah. Well, and it's it's very much what well, they're doing it more unwittingly, but this is also the move that Maxwell pulls in first arc of Blackard, where yeah, he he kind of bailed. He well, Maxwell turns on Blackard it. to take him down because he knows what he's doing is wrong, and he knows that he's crossed the line. But he also knows that one, he might die, and two, if he doesn't die, he's definitely going to jail. <laughs> right, right, and so and he does, and so mm-hmm. now we're getting that for for Barton Rodney as well yeah um and so uh yeah we then so then we're at wit's end right yeah that's we, where the, the end of the episode right. happens and that's so all of it is there so it's it's it starts out with uh 
with Blackard walking through like the front door which mm-hmm. said like the classic yeah door open sound of the bell, bell. of mm-hmm. just like all of odyssey yeah um it's so good and he comes in walks in starts talking he's like jellyfish where's jellyfish and he starts talking to bovril yeah and they start realizing that things have gone awry so he sends bovril off in yeah. with the mineral in the van and uh and yeah i mean atmospherically it's incredibly eerie because like you said i think that right. they were very intentional about like Make it sound like a bell. Make mm-hmm. it sound like it's empty. Right, right, Make right. Make it sound, it is, you know. He is walking into the wit's end that we always experience, but there is no one there. Mm-hmm. It is just him. Yep. Um, and it's, yeah, like Bob Luttrell really knocking it out of the park with the with that maneuver. Yeah, no, it was so good. Um, and so we then, uh, oh, the, he, he reveals to Bovril that he's going to blow up the tunnel in mm-hmm. case they missed any of the mineral. Yeah. But also just kind of as vengeance for everything that Wit has done. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's going to follow in the car after Bovril leaves in the van, mm-hmm. which we then jump to the van driving past Bernard and Eugene. Eugene and Eugene's saying, like, out. we got to We got to go follow this thing. Bernard's like, nah, I got this. I siphon the gas. And Eugene yells, Mr. Walton, you're a genius. And he's like, about time you realized. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a good, like, he's a hero. And he did it in the most folksy way he could, which yep. is siphoning gas with his mouth. <laughs> yep. And then, and then Blackard, Blackard, um, kind of starts to to walk out towards his car and realizes like oh we're surrounded they the van's not going mm-hmm. and then he's like fools come after me in the tunnel if you dare yeah yeah very Just perfect villain mm-hmm, monologue mm-hmm. come after yeah come after me in the tunnel if you dare and the the acoustics for the tunnel is so good mm-hmm. it, you can hear the dirt i don't know how you hear dirt but you can hear it you can hear the dirt um no it's yeah as much smack as i could talk on this episode it is such like this is the best odyssey villains has ever gotten yeah and uh this is an epic moment so basically he runs off into the tunnel uh trying to escape the back way right and this is when he runs into jack or is that later so I think something happens well, before. We so do. they they cut to the outside, yeah. And Tom's there, and Jason's like, "I'm pretty sure Jack is inside." Oh no! And that's so like it. What we missed was, so the reason that he flees is because you hear a ton of police sirens pull into Wit's End. Yeah. Do we do we say that? Oh yeah, I said that, I said that Wit's End. Blackwood sticks his head out and sees that Wit's End is surrounded. Okay. Is yeah. the, that's yeah. the point I was Just making? Tons of police cars, yep. presumably like. Like, I'm imagining the NSA has, like, half the Coast Guard just surrounded. <laughs> the Coast Guard? Not the Coast Guard. National Guard? National Guard. Coast Guard would be on bodies of water. Odyssey, notoriously landlocked. Except for Trickle Lake. Except for Trickle Lake. And so, it's now this final confrontation between Jack as our wit stand-in and mm-hmm. Blackard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Blackard's like, ah, I see you must have found the the escape hatch in the woods and jack's like yes i did while i was walking around and it's like oh this is going to uh be very important during novacom with erica colburn yeah just the fact that the the tunnel opens up in the woods mm-hmm. um 
and uh and so blacker's like well you fool like i'm just going to use you as a hostage and jack's like no i don't care i'm prepared for death mm-hmm. are How you, about you? <laughs> i'm i'm not here to save the world i'm not e- here for odyssey or even wit's end i'm here for you for your soul so if i can take a moment to talk about this the scene really well so basically the beauty of the scene is jack comes down with the absolute purest of intentions yep and comes face to face with blackard who we then learn literally sold his soul to satan and this is somebody jack is somebody who has been a literal prayer warrior this entire time like it's almost like you know michelangelo and the yet like you know a it's very it's very C.S. Lewis. It's like, yeah. you know, screw tape letters, like angel fighting demon situation. But he comes down and Blackard then turns it on him and he's like, oh, you're just a martyr. Like, look at you, you guy. You're just going to die because of what you believe in. And, you know, like, you're, you're so noble. And Jack's like, no, no, I'm here for you. I'm here for your soul. Yep. Like, it's not right. too late. That's the only thing that matters right now. Not money or power or computer programs or viruses or world terrorism. It all comes down to your soul. Why don't you put down the detonator, give yourself up, so that you'll have time to redeem your soul? The flaw in your proposal is that you assume my soul is redeemable. It isn't. I auctioned it off years ago. Then you sold your soul cheap. Your soul is worth the life of Jesus Christ. To give it to anyone else is an incredible waste. Yep. It's a really powerful interaction. Yeah, I it's so interesting the way that they do this because Blackard is shown verbally being completely resistant the entire time, but sonically when it becomes evident that he has the Ruku virus and that he's going to die and that he's going to blow the tunnel up anyway. Yep. It's like, he's not so like he, that's in that moment. He transitions from being so completely evil to being so completely broken. Yeah. You know? And that's why I just, yeah. So, in Christianity, there's always the white knight comes in to save the soul idea. And it's very important, I think, especially with within the context of the Bible and a lot of imagery, like how we think about God. Um, and I would say that my only frustration with this portrayal is just kind of the aftermath in the sense where Jack kind of throws up his hands and he's like, well, I did what I could do. Yeah, it right. I think this exchange between Jack and Blackard is like nearly flawless. Mm-hmm. Like they nail it. It is this back and forth kind of you know mm-hmm. verbal sparring and Jack's just like completely calm headed and you can see mm-hmm. Blackard become more and more agitated and just kind of flailing about i would be very interested in wondering how much method acting i'm so bad earl bowen yeah earl bowen did in voicing uh jack oh no earl bowen's blackbird who did Um, jack Jack is uh 
oh shoot um alan um alan young alan young yep there it is i'm i'm very interested because the way that his voice comes off sonically is like eerily realistic (laughs) um in the sense of like so grounded can you can you hear the holy spirit over an audio drama i think i can and i think i did um and so right and and blackguard at this point's like no like you you've missed the point i look there is no Mm -hmm. there's no way for me to continue i can't give up i am dying Mm -hmm. um i've got nothing to lose yeah well because jack's so jack's whole thing is basically like give yourself up just turn yourself in go to jail whatever do the thing give yourself a chance to be redeemed and blackguard's like nah man i'm dying anyway I'm so far gone, there's no way. And he goes, you know, I suggest you run for your life. Yeah. And Jack's like, you don't you don't want to kill me. And he's like, oh, you fool. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Goodbye, Jack Allen. Yep. And then the explosion <laughs> happens. And it so is. So good. Oh, it is. That, that exchange is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I love Jack not backing down. Mm-hmm. Him being like, I am. Yeah, I'm not going to let you. Yeah, just could you throw, imagine throw having you somebody away saying, "I'm this. coming for your soul"? Yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. It is. It's such a powerful moment in, mm-hmm. yeah, in this story, and I, yeah, I like that. This is what I like that the this series is what it comes down hinges to. on. Yeah, rather than being like, "Hey, the point of all this is like." Uh, you know, because because with Novacom, it's like, ah, oh, we thwarted an evil corporation. Mm-hmm. But with this, it's like, well, there wasn't an evil corporation. We just, we, like, we beat the villain. But mm-hmm. we didn't beat the villain. Like, we tried to redeem the villain. And, and the he, villain succumbed to his own. Right. He he fully bought into his own tragedy. Yeah. And just. And I think that's one of the things that I I, like, one of the reasons that. It brings me so much discomfort, not, and maybe makes me even think that this episode isn't good, because the truth is, it's an excellent episode. This episode is amazing, but it's so uncomfortable to so to come so uh, intimate with somebody that is so deeply evil and right. broken. And and that is, that is talked about. Mm-hmm. Um afterwards yeah so basically after the explosion jack is thrown clear he's yeah. okay but well Blackbird, so it's not right so so jason there's this moment where he says goodbye jack allen we cut outside and jason's like i am going in there mm-hmm. and then we hear the explosion from yeah. jason's perspective and it's him yelling jack's mm-hmm. name and it echoes over the music yeah and it is so good beautiful i get this idea that like for some reason that's a hatch and he's like, or it's like, basically he's opening the door and then gets hit with an explosion blast. And he's like, Jack! And then he runs in after him. Yeah, it is. It's so, it's so well-crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah. And then, and then we, like, we cut away um, and come back to Sam finding Jack in the woods. Mm-hmm. And his first moment is where's blackguard what happened mm-hmm. like it's blackguard is still the concern on his mind here yeah um 
and so we we find out that the, the tunnel collapsed but wits end mostly okay and jack remembers this the detonator going off he's fine he remembers it it going off and then just him waking up outside and is like you know well how'd you make it he's just like the, by the grace of god like mm-hmm. there's there's nothing i did it that gets was... very much like teleportation like like it like yeah right well and we know that the that the tunnel comes out in the middle of the woods mm-hmm. so it's not even necessarily teleportation as much as just like protection mm-hmm. as he escaped the thing like you mm-hmm. could read it as something purely divine but there is also a read of it that is more grounded and i mm-hmm. like that the show gives you that flexibility there yeah oh for sure for sure um and and so yeah it so then we get um it so so there's this there's this back and forth between between jack and bernard right? well no because there's jack jack is like he had he had the virus mm-hmm. um and bovril overhears that and is like oh i could have like no like that that he shouldn't have had to have died you know i could have made an antidote from the mineral and the tunnels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and jack has this just like bone shattering line of just like yeah but that like i could have you know bovril's like i could have saved him jack says i it wouldn't have saved him it just would have kept him alive yeah that was a line that was interesting to me in his take on it. And I don't think that he's wrong, but I think it's another instance of it, it just sitting so poorly with me because, like, it's so disheartening to know that even if he were to stay alive, he would still be so, so broken and yeah. so far gone. Not too far gone, but... right. But. Well, yeah, and then and then we get to the right where you can tell once again the show is so clearly pulling from C.S. Lewis stuff, mm. um, but it's this this Bernard and Jack interaction, and Bernard's just like you know I don't understand why he did all this mm-hmm. like how could anyone be this evil, mm-hmm. and Jack's like. I know. It's hard to understand how a mind like Dr. Blackard's worked. I'd hoped to help him change it one last chance. But a soul so corrupted, so saturated in evil, can only come to one end without Jesus. It's destined for the final conflict, an eternity without God. Yeah. And that's that's the, the, the part that is the hardest hardest to swallow the the line of like a soul so corrupted so saturated and evil can only come to one end without jesus we can all only come to one end without Mm -hmm. jesus Mm -hmm. the state of blackard's soul and just like like when when they're in the tunnel and they're talking about things and jack's and blackard's like ah i auctioned off my soul years ago like there's no that's not a literal occurrence mm-hmm. that is not a literal occurrence it's not something blackard literally believes but it is him spitting in the face of mm-hmm. what jack believes yeah um and just saying yeah like basically like i i only care about myself mm-hmm. and you know i am 
yeah, it's none of this is. Yeah, there's nothing you can do to save me. But like, we have to believe that no one is beyond saving. Exactly. Otherwise, everything I believe falls apart. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay that we don't get redemption for Blackard. Me too. But it has to be on the table. Yeah. And the way Jack so if I could... is talking about it almost makes it seem like, no, like, he was too far gone. And then he does have, like, that, like, he, you know, his soul so corrupt is so saturated and evil, you know, could only come to one end. And you're like, oh, shoot. Like, he's saying, like, you know, Blackard was destined to an eternity without God. However you choose to interpret that. In, interpret that. Mm-hmm. But he then does say, without Jesus. Like, the, oh, there was still a hope. But it's like, but all of us are destined to that mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. Jesus. So it's like, I don't know why. It's it's a hard thing that Odyssey is trying to do. And I understand that. that like mm-hmm. They're like, we have to hammer home how evil Blackard is. Mm-hmm. And we also still have to be like, but everyone can be redeemed, but they they don't toe that line in a way that I'm really comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It seems, because it just seems like, especially if you're listening to this as a child, mm-hmm. it they, they don't, they're stuck in this place of being like, we have to condemn Blackard and say that he was evil. And we also have to show he's he can be redeemed. So the choice that we make is that we, we say, like, oh, yes, there was a chance, but, like, he was probably gone anyways. So, if I may. Yes, get, get, please. Let me, let, me just, let me just put on my, my Bible school cap here and talk to you about, uh, basically, so, a lot of Christianity and a lot of theology is based around the idea of judgment happens when we die immediately and the status of your soul when you die determines your afterlife right so either you go through life and you collect the christian chip and you get into heaven or you go through life and you don't collect the christian chip for whatever reason and you don't go to heaven and if you collect the christian chip and you are a good Christian, then there's all the, you know, revelation stuff about the crowns and rewards and things like that, and there's no need to get into that. Um, and the thing that I kind of like about this but also am deeply uncomfortable with it is that my personal belief, and this is something that you may want to cut from the show, I don't know. No, I, I knew we were going to go here, and I'm mm-hmm. comfortable having it in. Um, this is where... There's nuance to theology, and yeah. the views of Andrew are his own. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I still want to be able to talk about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I'm sorry if this bothers people on the the people who are listening, but, like, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So, so fire away. So, basically, and this is not something that I concocted on my own. Like, this is actually... Uh, a very strong theology that has a lot of academic support, um, especially within the Eastern Church, is the idea that 
everybody will die and come face to face with Jesus Christ and be given the opportunity to accept him. Right. And so, and obviously, you know, just saying that I know, like I can hear the butt clench of some of the listeners because, because it, it, even saying that as somebody that grew up in an evangelical household and very conservative parents, they don't even necessarily like, they don't, they don't agree with me. My dad doesn't agree, agree with me, but what that does and the thing that makes it so disturbing for me is that the only people that go to hell then are the people that look Jesus in the eye and say, no, man, I don't want to do that. And that's what we get from Blackard. What right. we get from Blackard is yep. looking Jesus in the eye, whether it was 30 years ago when he actually, you know, sold his soul or whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that's meant to be taken. No, like, no. Let me just once no. again hammer that home. <laughs> no, but or, you know, metaphorically, just the idea that he looks, he doesn't ignore God being there. He looks at God and says, no, I want something else. And that's what I think is so hard, and I think that that's the thing that the show is grappling with, but I think that what it's also doing is it's pointing out the pigeonholes of certain conservative ideologies and the idea that... I was thinking about this at work the other day. Who is held accountable for the people that are not saved? Because there's no talk in the Bible about when we get to heaven all the Christians, like all the people that don't go to heaven, like those count as points against us or stuff like that. They talk about the rejoice and things like that. No, at the end of the day, who is held accountable for who goes to heaven and who doesn't? That would be the judge, right? They're in charge of it. Um, and the people that make the decisions in the, in the seat of judgment, right? Can you imagine sitting before the judgment throne of God, him being like, don't you see this whole time you were just missing out. And for whatever reason, whether you grew up in an area which the church was not what it should be, it was not like Christ, or you grew up in an entirely Islam nation and so you only ever knew the one thing, you had an idea of Jesus but it was never preached to you in that respect, whatever, you, any, all of those things, all of those different types of people, they all are united at the judgment seat of Christ and I cannot fathom them looking at God and saying, I'm so sorry, I didn't get it. I get it now. I love you now. I want to be in this relationship with you. And God pulling that, you know, metaphorical lever and being like, nope. Yeah. Because where, I mean, where is the never ending forgiveness of Christ there? And obviously you can get into the idea of, okay, so Andrew, if you're going to say that, then who gets into heaven and who doesn't? To which I would say, that's not the point of Christianity. <laughs> that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. It um, is. I mean, it's such it's such a loaded conversation and a hard thing to wrestle with. Yeah. Um, no. And it's, but like, right, I do the the idea of, so like, the, the if you want to if you want to know think, what I'm thinking about if you want to hear somebody say everything that I said but much better with all the biblical backing read the book Sinners in the Hands of a Loving God and if you do tweet at me because I freaking love that book it's amazing I'll I'll, I'll throw a link in the description just just yeah. just for you it's not but, long it's a real easy read and if anything if it doesn't change anything about what you believe it'll give you a fresh perspective and I think that that's very helpful. 
hey, it never hurts to learn more, even if you don't wind up on that side. Exactly. That's um, why I go to the school where I do. <laughs> and, like, the, the, the thing that, like, the I would say is the more mainstream evangelical interpretation of what you just said is, like, everyone has a chance on Earth. Mm-hmm. And this episode is very much portraying mm-hmm. Blackbeard's chance. chance. Yeah. Like, he comes, you know face-to-face with jace or with jack as our wit as god <laughs> right and the transitive property and, of wit and jack's just like look like you here is your opportunity mm-hmm. otherwise you're going down like i'm going to go down with you you don't want that but like also this is your chance mm-hmm. and blackard looks him dead in the eyes and says no mm-hmm. i that's not like my decision has already been made mm-hmm. and blows everything up. Have you ever been in a position where you were Blackard or Jack in that sense where either you or somebody who was like really gunning for somebody that was on the brink or you were the, the person who like stared Jesus in the eye and told him to go away? I don't think so. I don't think I've ever had that direct Maybe confrontation. Maybe not quite that, yeah. Because also there's such a finality mm-hmm. to this. Yeah. Like, I have definitely had moments where of, like, confrontation where then the person was still like, nah, I'm going to keep on doing my thing. Mm -hmm. But I haven't had any where, like, that was the conversation and then I never spoke to the person again. Mm -hmm. Like, those conversations all happened with people who I continue to be in relationship with. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so, so it doesn't have that finality. Or, like, if we did drift apart relationally, it wasn't as a result of, of that, that interaction. Yeah. It was just as a result of time passing. Yeah. But I haven't had any instance where it's like, I lay everything out, and they're like, no, I reject that, and because of that, I reject you, and you will never talk to me again. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't had that experience. I don't think I've had quite that experience, but it's been close and it's not fun. Yeah, I imagine so. It is... Oh, it's brutal um, in this episode. Did we finish covering everything in the episode? There, there So there, there's there's an outerlude, mm-hmm. um, which is, I guess, an outro? I don't... Mm-hmm. Well, I, an I, outerlude? I, no, well, it's an outerlude because they then go to... They then go to the Chris wrap-up, which Isn't, is we that, can talk that, about. I don't think an epilogue? Outer. Yeah, maybe it's kind of it's kind of an epilogue. There you go. Um, but it is, yeah. It's it's once again, um, it's once again Mort on the radio going, um, oh Mort, um, oh Mort, going, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tom's recall has been postponed because of this um, current stuff, and Witsand should be open again in a few weeks. Yeah, which is the perfect note to, to end, end on. on it yeah it's kind of like a to be continued situation where it's like it's so nice because what it does is it pulls back to the greater universe mm-hmm. and it gives that kind of like like in movies where it like pans out from the house yeah. and like you see the greater town situation yep. like it's exactly that and this was in the script where odyssey ends mm-hmm. period that was still how the episode went out mm-hmm. of like 
that would know, be it. Right. We're we're panning out across all of Odyssey mm-hmm. and over the you know the narration we hear like and Wit's End will open next week and it's just kind of like a things will go on life will return mm-hmm. to normal um but like the story has ended yeah and so it's a great end to this arc and i think it's also a good end to odyssey but obviously i'm happy it's not where odyssey ended yeah at least yet <laughs> yeah um and so <laughs> yeah uh yeah some closing notes it's just such a bummer that we don't get any maxwell in this episode yeah like it's deeply unfortunate the the idea that 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 um what we covered last week the last resort is maxwell's final appearance in odyssey Mm -hmm. um and we also don't get connie on this arc um which is or like in this episode and in the last couple like she's kind of dropped off which is also sad but also it yeah, it it's a really well crafted episode, mm-hmm. and while I don't love how some of the yeah how that last speech that Jack gives still sets sits uncomfortably with me, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the words that are being said, but in the way it's being said mm-hmm. and the way that it can be read. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we acknowledge, it's 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 a tough thing to pull off mm-hmm. and then the episode itself goes out on like an extended chris outro that essentially has an altar call in it mm-hmm. um which i think was a really interesting and cool choice to put that here mm-hmm. rather than in the um, time has come yeah. um because like right it, it's cool that this arc does have you know eugene accepting mm-hmm. and blackard denying yeah no, it's and and I was thinking about that too. Just all of these individual character arcs that we've gotten throughout this whole thing, they all end up pretty nicely, right? Yeah. So yeah. like Eugene starts off ill-equipped, becomes equipped, becomes part of the reason that they get taken down. Jason comes in with the wrong mentality, starts to suffer the repercussions, then has the conversation reconciles with jack and comes back around reconciles with jack but doesn't disband his child army which is the whole reason they were at odds yeah yeah especially for an episode that like has the police involved yeah we like, still I, have i get that we wanted a hundred the... children right swarming a full-grown and, convict right. <laughs> and they like the idea of sam and billy being the ones to uproot rodney and jellyfish yeah which makes sense from a story perspective it's a good conclusion it would have felt weird if that was police officers that we didn't know doing that but it is also a bummer when we think about the fact that there is a child army um (laughs) there are two child armies let's not forget right the bones of wrath being the other one Oh, yeah, there's a whole thing where uh, Rodney's like, you know, our gangs, they really shouldn't fight each other. Maybe we should work together. To which I was like, how is that going to happen? Right. Also, it then immediately gets countered with, nah, Rodney, you're going to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert, I don't think he does. But, no, no. Um, the other interesting note just in the in, in the context of this that blew my mind. So the next episode to air, which aired a mere three weeks after this one, 
is love is in the air. Mm-hmm. You could not go further. Yeah. From what we're on. Wait, I to thought the that. next episode was it hidden in my heart. No. Love is in the air is the next broadcast episode. They might have switched around the order on, on the, the album, album. Okay. But Love is in the air comes after this and it is insane to me. And also, hmm. um a good thing that I, I I feel like would be fun to talk about, which I don't know that we've ever we've ever fully addressed this, but the inspiration for us doing this show mm-hmm. was an episode of the podcast Good Christian Fun mm-hmm. in which they talked about love is in the air. Oh, I didn't know that that was the episode that they talked about. Okay. That is that is the episode or that that two parter is mm-hmm. what they are covering um, in that episode. Um, that is a podcast that I have had a mostly positive relationship, but some some stuff where I've been. It's had moments where I'm just like, yeah, the quality's not there, or I'm having a really tough time with this theologically. But like we were talking about earlier, um, that thing of like expose yourself to ideas that are not your own, mm-hmm. because like that can be really good and is like a nice perspective to have, and it's good to understand the people you disagree with. Exactly. Well, and the whole, and honestly, if I can sell this even harder, it's just ignorance does not sit well with humbleness mm. right it's really hard to be meek you know blessed are the meek blessed are the humble blessed are the poor in spirit like it's really hard to be all of those things when you sit in an echo chamber and you shout about how right you are yeah you know and i would say that that's my biggest frustration with the church as a whole is just only that do i think that i have it all figured out heck to the no am i probably 90 percent wrong probably Maybe. I don't know. I won't know until I get to heaven and talk to God. Like, I I don't know how anybody else can operate with any more confidence than that. Only to the degree of, like, all I know to be true is what God has revealed to me through his son, Jesus Christ, and through his word. And that's what, that's what my faith rests on. Yeah. And that is obviously there's a lot more to it like how you read the bible and things like that personal experience but that's that's what it all that's what it all comes back to and it's yeah i i think it's incredibly important to try and maintain that humble attitude because i think that that's what um a lot of the new testament is talking about like I've never seen Paul be like, oh, no, it's okay that you guys all believe different things about God. Like, you know, I mean, he actually does say that. And he's like, but the whole point is that you're united under the gospel. Like, the whole point is that we are one church. We are one body. And despite all of the differences, we've got this, like, one God and, like, three commandments to rally around. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that is a plug for good Christian fun. In Christianity, I suppose. Yeah. I will I will link the I will put a link in our description for that episode mm-hmm. of, of GCF talking about the love is in the air. For if you wanna like take the next If you step like on this, this podcast, arc, you probably would like it. Yeah. If you if you're one of the people who's like who's like who gets bothered by us being quote unquote edgy, uh it's not the show for you. Yeah. But uh, if you like what we do here, uh, that show and that episode in particular 
is the reason we exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, g- give it a give it a listen. That's where we hit chronologically. Um, there you go. And so, excellent yeah, point. That 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 link will be will be below. Um, yeah, we've kind of wrapped up on this. We're also going to take this time to do our kind of wrap up on Blackguard um, mm-hmm. here at the end. Even though we have two episodes after this, they're a nice kind of afternote. This is where the, I think this is where the show has Blackguard ending. Mm-hmm. We have his death here. We have his rejection of God here. And we also have what was initially the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention a ton of notes um, in the official guide about all of the different stuff that they had talked about doing in, the, in Darkness Before Dawn. Anything uh, you would like to... Oh, I mean, I want to talk about all of it. Okay, okay, cool. This is going to be a long epilogue. Okay. Um, I guess the... the, the you want to just take a... Take a moment to walk through all of Blackguard Big Picture. Sure. So we can just sure. track track with this. Sure, sure, so sure. things like technically start in episode 19, Recollections, even though we hadn't talked about that. That is uh, Wit purchasing the um, purchasing Wit's End, the Fillmore Recreation Center. Mm-hmm. And one of the other uh, that's Glossman's introduction, and it's also um, the Webster development firm trying to purchase the Fillmore Recreation Center. Mm-hmm. Webster Development Firm is a Blackguard-owned company. Oh, that's right. So yes. right from the get-go, potentially for the reasons of this mineral, mm-hmm. potentially for other things, like we never get a clear idea of why Blackguard and Wit are so intertwined. Mm-hmm. So he wants to purchase this place. Wit ends up getting it. Um, I would say that they're because they're the antithesis of each other in the right. same way that, like, wit is universally present in all things. I feel like Blackguard right. is also universally present in all things. They're just opposites. Yeah, that's fair. So then then we get in the um, in our in our first album, in mm-hmm. the uh, Sinister Scheme, Daring Deeds Sinister Schemes, mm-hmm. we get Blackguard coming to Odyssey um, to go after this computer called this computer program called Applesauce that mm-hmm. we had developed for the government. Um, he has Maxwell as kind of his cohort joining him, but by the end, Maxwell has turned on Blackard. Mm-hmm. Wit destroys Applesauce, mm-hmm. and Blackard leaves town with plausible deniability for everything that happened. Yep, and that's the first, what, uh, six, or seven episodes? Something like that. Yeah. That's that's all of Daring Deeds. And then we have kind of these interlude episodes. We've got One Bad Apple, where mm-hmm. the Edgebiter Chemical Company dumps a bunch of chemicals that poison Tom's apples. Yeah. Um, which is a very self-contained episode yeah. that then later kind of matters in Tom for Mayor. Um, I mean, very much matters in that. And then we go to Chicago where Connie and Wit um, stumble upon this case where a computer is being has been stolen, a government computer. They find out Black Blackard is behind it. And then mm-hmm. Maxwell helps Connie and Wit get it for revenge. Yep. Um, and Wit destroys the software on this government computer so at this point blackguard is still going after computer stuff Mm -hmm. um it's no longer no longer the um this this uh applesauce but it's now another military yeah 
computer and that was um so that's kind of blackguards hey i'm still here i still kind of matter so um, the homecoming is then what is maxwell coming back yeah max maxwell comes back Apology asks everyone tour. for forgiveness everyone but tom is on board with that the wrathbone of contention the unanimously decided between the two of us the worst episode of the blackguard saga correct um, which is the episode in which bart gets the electric palace yep. he gets eugene to work with him to help put it together whatever but um it's in the ground where Blackard's castle used to be, mm-hmm. um, and Bart is talking on the phone with an unknown voice mm-hmm. um, that we can presume is Blackard. And this whole thing was funded by the Webster Development t- Firm, mm-hmm. which is Blackard-backed, as we talked about. Uh, we then get an episode that is nearly as bad, mm-hmm. um, Double Trouble, in which Edwin moves back to town. Yeah, um, That's the episode. Yep. Edwin moves back to town and is like, ah, everybody hates me. because He moves to town for the first time. But then then Tom for mayor happens Mm. where Glossman shows up to do more investigations about the chemical spill. Tom, all of this, everything Glossman's doing is being is is stuff that Mayor Bill Jenkins is somewhat aware of. Mm -hmm. And he is he's somewhat in on this is talking to an unknown voice um we can maybe again assume that this is blackguard mm-hmm. um and while he initially was agreeing to go along with things he's then like okay things have gone too far i'm stepping down as mayor yeah and then tom being spurred on by glossman and what he's doing um runs for mayor and is cleared of that scanner scandal and becomes mayor mm-hmm. then we have name not a number wherein blackguard goes off or tasha is is working we have the ruku virus run, <laughs> right runs into blackguard and jason goes to save her and also saves black goes finds blackguard meets supposedly him, dies gets the run in blackguard dies we find out that blackguard's running everything behind the scenes but doesn't know about um but jason doesn't know about that um blackguard being still alive and wit doesn't seem to or blacker doesn't seem to know about wit's involvement in ta 418 mm-hmm. at all during that which is weird mm-hmm. um so yeah and then we hit darkness before dawn and glossman takes control of the tunnel at wit's end this is all the groundwork that is laid for blacker to show up mm-hmm. but he shows up in the return his right he does show up in the turn his whole so that and then and then we get into what we've been covering it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's weird to track his thing of like he's initially going to audit like he he wants the fillmore recreation center before wit does Mm -hmm. so that's weird yeah and then wit does get it and then he's going after applesauce which is a program wit has Mm -hmm. and then he's going after another military computer and then he like bankrolls the electric palace Mm -hmm. and also um, this campaign against Tom mm-hmm. is also like him pulling the strings. Yeah. And then like he go and then it's all this virus stuff. And then he 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 dies in that. He claims to be injected like, oh, like I didn't actually get injected with the virus, just a chemical thing. But then we find out later he does have the virus. Yeah. So was there still some residual in the needle? What what happened yeah. there? Um, and all of this builds to him coming back it's just it's funny i think i think we're in listening to novacom only enhanced my love of that series 
I think listening to Blackard did somewhat undermine it a bit for me. Yeah, because it showed off all the inconsistencies by listening to right. it back to back, even right. because they didn't air that way. Right. It is the the thing with Blackard is that I th- I think it is so much better than Novacom thematically mm-hmm. and so much worse plot wise. Yes. Yeah. And I don't dislike any of the episodes, really. No. Like, like it's still good and worth listening, but it was interesting. I was like, our complaint the whole way through Novacom was like, what is the morale? Like, what is his modus uh, modem what, operandi? What, what is, like, all through Novacom, we were kind of like, just like, where's the morality of this? What is Odyssey trying to say? They're just trying mm-hmm. to tell a story, aren't yeah. they? And with this, I feel like, they know what they're trying to say, and they're doing a good job of that, and the story is kind of lost. And so it's interesting to see both sides of that coin. Yeah. Um, and so that's like a weird inconsistency thing where it's like, it we're always pointing to something bigger, but the bigger thing doesn't then point back to all the previous mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. kind of like, oh, and here's the big thing, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, well... And that's why what, it felt we anticlimactic. Were, right. We weren't really hinting towards anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in addition to this, which I do not have the time to get into, nor the expertise, we have all of the nonsense chemistry stuff with the virus. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with mm-hmm. the weird inconsistencies of Odyssey thing. Now let's get into the deleted stuff mm-hmm. and my notes from the conversation between McCusker and Lawler. Okay. And this really hammered home the whole um, C.S. Lewis of it all. Because they're they're talking about how Wit was meant to be Aslan, good mm-hmm. but not tame. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. Because like... That makes I, sense. I, I see it now. Yeah. And yeah. they're also talking about but how, not, like... But thinking about the word John Avery Whitaker and not tame right. in reference to a lion is exactly. very interesting. It is. It's really funny. And they're also talking about, like, how they were like, well, like, he needs to have money so that he can do all this stuff. But then we need to have his salvation come after that so that, like, he understands the importance. Like, he has a disconnect from the money, but it's still mm-hmm. there when he needs it. And, like, all mm-hmm. of this just, like, where I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really seeing through the Matrix on how you yeah. plotted yeah. out Wit as a character. Um, and they they talk about the fact that uh, the pronunciation of, of Blackguard, which is, so, Blackguard mm-hmm. is a... Um, is, like, a very Shakespearean thing that they were pulling from of, yeah. like, you know, someone who is corrupt. And so... Um, they then switched the U to an A and kind of like, uh, hey, we're going to switch things up, not make this quite as obvious and give mm-hmm. it kind of a Norwegian spin. Um, and then uh, they were not, there was not a decision on how to pronounce it until Walker Edmonston said it as blaggard. <laughs> and like that became the thing. Because we talked about yeah, that yeah, how really early on. How, like, yeah. how are we going to say this? And why is there so much in those first couple episodes? Yeah. Everyone's on a different page and then they kind of settle into something going forward. Yeah. And it's because they literally didn't coach them on anything. Like it's so early in the run of the show that it's like, oh, it makes sense that, like, how much of this stuff they were just figuring out on the fly. Oh, yeah. Whereas oh, yeah. when Novacom, they're like, we know what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just, that that made me so, so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, 
and then yeah this this is the this is the horrible thing mm-hmm. so they talk about why they made blackard a child psychologist oh no and this is a direct quote from phil lawler who okay, I already had this by saying that I plan feelings. on getting my doctorate in childhood psychology. I am fully intending on doing that. Yeah. Go ahead. And so this is, and from now on, we will call you Blackard and I'll be wit. Oh, um, interesting. <laughs> it's fits. the turning point for our series. <laughs> yeah. We reveal that Andrew was the villain all along and that I'm actually God. Um, <laughs> Shoot, build God, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so, so... If you want to hear him say this, the video is on the AIO Club. It's probably worth listening to, but he says, Phil Huller says, Psychology is the new secular religion, and the danger of psychology is infiltrating the church. And that is what he is... That is the motivation between Blackard being a child psychologist. He was like, none of this, we didn't really get into this. None of that was like, that's all very much me and not stuff that's on the surface. But like, that's why we made that a detail. Why? Why? Okay. I get it. So, (laughs) to defend their point, right? Psychology can be seen as something threatening to the faith because it's it, it, it's a study of the mind. It's a study of the mind, and it's and it can, it can be viewed as a way of forming an an identity that's completely apart from Christ, which makes sense. Right, I can understand why you'd be threatened by that. However, <laughs> I would argue that psychology, if anything, complements Christianity a lot more than it does to do bad things because so yeah basically basic church things is we have power we want to protect power we don't like things that question that power right that's why we get you know political leaders influencing translations and things like that i mean you know anybody who does any amount of research on the bible and things like that can can see how that's been doctored in certain instances over history and and what we've done to try and counteract that however when we're talking about psychology right we are all creation we were all made even if you are literal seven-day creationist you obviously subscribe to the idea that god made the human mind right how is understanding the human mind that god made bad for christians yes Uh uh-huh yeah yeah, it is it is a really concerning take. I also would like to throw out I don't know when that interview was recorded. Yeah. But like considering this is like the episodes they're talking about were written in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. And our view of psychology has come so far oh, yeah. in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. It's it well, is a I thing would... where I'm like, I I hope that and I want to leave space for Phil Waller to have grown. Mm-hmm. But also, that is a terrifying take. And I'm so glad that they only basically made mention of it at one point, And it didn't become a main point of yeah. what they were... Like, it didn't become a main point of their messaging. And it's, it's a moment that shows an ability that Odyssey early on had, and I think did very well, which was, like, separating 
some of the writer's viewpoints and not letting that be what the show is about. Yeah, not letting that like, drive the plot. Like, there are definitely episodes that are, like, message episodes mm-hmm. um, and that are bonkers as a result. Mm-hmm. But, like, Castles I like... Cauldrons, I'm looking at you. I was also going to say 60-something. Oh, yeah, but, that too. But, like, I'm glad that... I'm glad that the show isn't all that because mm-hmm. it easily could be and a worse show would be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my, my two cents about this. Yeah, well, and I would like to say that especially the church as a, as in, as a whole has become uh, only in the last five years pretty, or we'll say even eight years, embracing of mental health and things yes. like that. Like, like And yep. even then, they're still you know, large swaths of Christianity that are like, is mental health real? What's real? What's not? What, you know, how do we look at this in the eyes of God? Like, how do we separate the politics from the science? And how do we separate this politics and the science from God? And all that fun stuff. Um, So, I, like I said, I I sincerely hope, but I've also, I know people that are like this. Mm -hmm. And there is, like, you know, I'm in school to be a Christian counselor, I want to major in childhood psychology. I know exactly what point they're arguing because I did a whole thing for it. Um, I, I would I think it's probably the biblical counseling model. Um, uh, and it's just, it's so, it's so frustrating that they would take something as Christian as childhood psychology, which is hopefully if used well used in treating trauma in children to help them become better more loving more healthy adults and twist it into something satan like yeah that it's is bad it's really uncomfortable (laughs) bad Um, feeling i feel attacked yeah in a way that i didn't think i was going to i warned you before episode that i had a bombshell um and i hinted at it a couple times and yep there's the payoff great isn't it so deep sigh um uh now i'm gonna run through some of the original ideas that that were scripted or in planning stages but didn't actually make the okay show so uh there was a subplot in which uh, George Barkley was going to lead a group of parents pr- in protest against Wit's End um, when they found out about the unsafe materials there. Oh, that would have been interesting and strangely tangential. Right, exactly. <laughs> like it, it, it's, I, I understand why it was cut. Would have been interesting to see. Yeah. Um, uh, we get, uh, there was a... A version in which um, the Maxwell got pictures of the Bones of Wrath attacking Wit's End mm-hmm. um, to tie them into all this stuff. I think kind of pre the jellyfish computer ex machina. This was mm-hmm. kind of an idea. Um, and that he he at one point like crawled into the rafters at the Harlequin to spy on them and ended up falling out of the rafters. Mm-hmm. Um and and that was um and that was kind of how he was caught i think mm-hmm. this is all the idea before we do the computer plan mm-hmm. that this was kind of the whole the whole idea there um there was an idea which this i'm so glad they didn't do 
um, that during Eugene's whole imagination station, when he's going back through stuff, um, at one point, like, so this would be after his salvation, salvation before they get kicked out mm-hmm. of Wit's End, mm-hmm. he goes back in, yeah. and Katrina comes along with him, and um, Eugene proposes, and oh. Reverend Andrew does the ceremony. Oh. That would make sense if they were ending the show and they wanted them to be together, but ew. Right. But also... Ew. But also, um, there's no way... Getting married by a computer... Computer program works. Yeah. It Does is... that hold up in the court of law? No. Um, uh, there, there, was a, there was a thing where Edwin Blackard would come back and, and, um, and have a sword fight with his brother. Oh. Because Shakespeare. Uh, that that would have been funny. Uh, yeah. Hmm. I'm intrigued. <laughs> they, once again, in this kind of like we're bringing things to a conclusion, they had Maxwell dying in the hospital mm-hmm. yeah. um, as part of the initial initial plan. There was also, I think, once again, talking about bringing things to a conclusion or whatnot um, or tying up loose ends or whatever, which they already do a ton of, but there was plans for more. They had um, Tasha coming back to Odyssey to help out with all of this, and her getting trapped in the trapped underground with with Jason when with the tunnel explosion. Mm-hmm. So like maybe Blackard and Jack are in one section, and they run down to stop, and they get trapped under there, and yeah, and talk things out as a result. Um, there is uh, an idea of um, this is insane. Uh, jellyfish trying to escape wit's end and so he goes to jump off a window but it's not a real window it's a hologram wit had put there um so that there is a way for wit to help stop the trouble even though he's not present (laughs) that's this is okay that's the kind of idea I would throw out and then immediately get shot down. Right. And and look, <laughs> that's the thing is I don't know how much of this stuff is script and how much is... Um, idea board in the office. Like, how right, are we going to do right. this? Right. And how much is just like pitch meetings. Yeah. But, um, the, the initial plan for Eugene and, and Bernard was that they were going to chase Bo- after Bovril and run his car off the road. Ooh. Um, but just for time, they cut that into uh, Siphon, Siphon the Gas. The gas. Um, Which very in character. Um, this, this is insane. Okay. After Jack's offer of salvation in the tunnel, Blackard would hear the sounds of the minions of hell coming for his soul. He would then choose to accept Jack's offer uh, and re- ask to receive Christ. Uh, then the bomb would go off. With both Blackard and Jack hanging from a ladder in the basement of Wit's End, and Blackard realized that the only way Jack can live is for him to let go, so he lets go of the ladder, giving his life to Jack. Okay. <laughs> you want to unpack that one, Andrew? So, I'm very okay with the end of that. I am not okay with getting scared into salvation with the minions of Satan himself. Yes, that is horrible the, the idea but of that's like what people did this is the 80s this is right. peak like television. No, okay yeah. whatever it's still that culture of like 
scaring people, scaring the hell out right. of people, basically. Right. right. And yeah, it is. Yeah, it's then oh. like right. The idea Ooh. of like, I think I think it's genuinely more powerful for the show to not give Blackard redemption. Yeah, no. Um, it was so definitely like, much more I'm uncomfortable. Glad they right that they really settled into that. Um, this is an interesting pitch. Um, the minions of Satan. Yes. <laughs> um, we have like logical things that happen, weird little things. Characters come back. Minions of Satan come and call for Regis Blackard, and he gets spooked. Yeah. There is also, there was a huge fight, in their own words, between Lawler and McCusker about how to end this thing. So in a very, the last battle, where Mm -hmm. at the end, Narnia is gone, Mm -hmm. um, Phil Lawler wanted Witsend destroyed. He wanted the explosion to take down Witsend as well. And that was how the series was going to end. That would have been tough, but, like, I also kind of mess with it. It would definitely, it would, it would close the book on spinoffs. Like, that's what that does. Right. But, uh... I think it is, I think it's powerful and there's something cool about it, but there is, I like better the idea of, even if they didn't come back and do more, just this going out on the show on saying, like, and Wits End will reopen in a few weeks. Exactly. Well, because the the thing about special about Odyssey is that it's a huge universe that's continuous that we've talked about so many times, and that's what that does. It's like, remember, this is a big universe, and life goes on, and this is just a part of it, and that's really nice, and I don't think you can get that feeling if you just blow up Wits End. Yes. (laughs) And, And then... The initial idea, which I think they later co-op for Novacom, whether or not it was important or intentional or not. So they wanted it to end with this huge trial wherein Jellyfish is on trial and Maxwell is the key witness against him. And Maxwell has to deal with forgiving Jellyfish, but still making sure he comes to justice. Mm. And this whole thing kind of echoing his own arc and also giving us some Maxwell stuff at the end and maybe some more like... Uh, maybe Maxwell's kind of figuring out this Christianity thing. Like, mm. It would have been a really cool way to end, but um, that's not a move you do if you want the show to end. No, no, no. Um, and so, and so, yeah. Then talking about wanting to bring the show to an end and them not being able to do it was just like, you know, every answer they attempted to answer every question they attempted to answer just gave them more questions. Um, And so they were like, well, if we're going to, we can't actually bring this to a conclusion. We're just going to have to make it a new beginning. They were like, well, what what do we do with Eugene and Katrina now that, you know, Eugene is a Christian? What happens with Edwin coming Mm -hmm. back? Like so many of these like little things where they're like, the story should kind of continue. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they, yeah, they made the call to not shut down the series, um, to keep going. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that is a, yeah, a really interesting, um, decision and one that obviously proved to be good from a financial standpoint, if nothing <laughs> yeah. else. But like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it continued to exist. Yeah, um, me too. I, and I, 
I'm very impressed that they continued, especially because they built the show around one character on one voice actor, and that voice actor died. Yep. And then they managed to pretty much tie it up if they yep. wanted to, you know? Yeah. And they write, and they the show changes over the years, mm-hmm. but they did stick with it. Um, Have we gotten to album and... 75 yet? No. I don't think so. Maybe. 68 is the most recent one. Oh, okay. So, what we're seeing here is every 25 albums, there's a new chapter of Odyssey, right? Because album 50 was the beginning of the Andre Stoika era. Right. This was pretty much the end. I mean, this was yeah. obviously the end of the Howlsmith era and the beginning of Walker. Ed- no, no. what's his name? Um, You're talking about... um. Uh, Paul Harlinger. Paul Harlinger. Right. And so, right. So it's it's arguable that, like, hey, like, is this the conclusion to, like, is this the conclusion and Love is in the Air becomes, like, the new series? I really think the new series doesn't really start until A Search for, for Wit. wit. Yeah. But, but I understand that, like, we now kind of finished off this and we ha- have a couple episode transition before, like, Welcome Home creates this new era of Odyssey. Yeah. So, yeah, that is that is where we leave things. Um, man, I I feel like there's so much more that I could talk about. Always, um, yeah, it is. It's yeah, a show that obviously means a lot to me and this series was really fun to talk about yeah and let it be said again we still have two more blackguard episodes and we'll we be still back have to talk about those episodes. next week um anything you want to you want to plug andrew no yeah there's me nothing either. left in me there is only odyssey and lack thereof yep so with all that all that all of that being we, said I would, I would i would like to take a moment real quick to just thank the chalk squad for joining us on this journey yeah we've been doing this for a long time and by that i mean like close to two years now and we've covered novacom and we've covered blackguard and i remember covering i remember starting covering novacom thinking okay this is fun i like doing this Novacom drug on for a while but then it started getting fun afterwards and then we were staring down the barrel of blackguard and i was like i'm not quite sure if i can do this again you know this is the last time was a lot it was a very long period of time a lot of time investment you know i mean i'm in college and i work and you know yep. like I'm, I'm a busy person but yeah we did this show has kind really of expect to get this out on this regular basis at this point no no we were looking at blackguard going yeah we're probably going to be skipping around some we might take a break from blackguard and come Mm -hmm. back to it like who knows what this is going to look like and then uh yeah it it ended up working yeah no and i don't know it's i and and to be honest with you it's i would credit that largely to the fans i think that the difference between novacom and blackguard was Novacom was very much me being enamored with making the show and being with Dylan and having my own thing um, and doing that and covering something mm-hmm. that I knew really well. And that's what moved it forward. Whereas I've found the most motivated times I've been during the Blackguard saga have been because of 
fan interactions and things like that. You know, all yeah. the emails, the tweets, the merch, the jokes. I'm, I feel like it's, you know, oh. gotten to another level at this point. Yeah, it's nice. I will, I will clarify, fans of Odyssey who happen to listen to us... Calling people fans of us. Oh is no no strong. no no yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> just yeah, yeah, just yeah. so we're not coming off as hoity toity like no no listeners no, yeah. of this show the Chalk Squad the you Chalk guys Squad. know who you are yeah I in no way feel like oh yes you people are fans of me no no but, I feel but, like if anything the more you listen to the show the less you like right me. <laughs> but very much the sense of community that has come from doing this portion of the show mm-hmm. has been far greater than ever before right yeah and i'm yeah i mean and honestly like there was a part of me when we started covering black it was like you know what this would be a good place to ride that out on like if this show won't go on for eternity this would be a good ending point um much like it was for odyssey yeah exactly but we here here i find myself you know recording the last normal one and all i can think about is listening and recording more odyssey stuff yeah (laughs) and uh yeah, I'm just, I'm really, really thankful for my wonderful co-host and editor, uh, producer, Dylan, and I'm very thankful for uh, everybody who listens to this Silly yeah. Adventures in Odyssey podcast with a strange name. Yeah. A great name. Fair. Strange name, though. And, yeah, and so that's that's where we end. Um, so we will be back again in two weeks to cover Blacker's Revenge. Uh, we just needed a week off after all this. Um, but then after we, uh, we are doing a palate cleanser from the, uh, Blackard series mm-hmm. doing a, uh, uh, Dylan's forcing Andrew to listen to a three episode arc. Um, we're doing, uh, the other side of the glass. Um, all three of it's those in the weeks following good Wooten and Bernard. I mean, what more could you ask for? Literally nothing. Um, that's kind of my brand. Right. And jumping <laughs> more than 10 years into Odyssey's future um yeah and yeah so we'll we'll be talking about that if you listen ahead and whatnot and want to start working towards that that is coming and we'll be announcing as we continue to go on kind of what we'll be doing because mm-hmm. uh we've checked the two big boxes yeah. so who knows guys yeah Could we've got so, so much more <laughs> so many I, have, ideas. I have so many things i want to do and then there's also stuff beyond that yeah oh yeah um, so yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank and I you. can't wait to get to talk to you again in two weeks for Blacker's Revenge, Part One. Bye, Bye guys. guys. So we will be back. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Final Conflict was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.